This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar. We also have on the phone our music director, Alain Trudel, as well as the TSO's marketing director right here in the studio with us, Felicia Candy. Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you along. Thank you. Afternoon. So uh, what we want to talk about first are a couple of concerts that are coming up this weekend on Sunday. I'll just mention it, 4 o'clock at the Paris Style. Uh, Elaine, you're conducting one of those side-by-side concerts again. Can you just give us a quick little uh, intro as to what that is about? Well, of course, I'm very happy to be part of uh, any concert that has our younger colleagues in in it. And uh, the side-by-side is a great way for us to... uh, Spend more time with that. They came and they played a concert with us before Christmas when we played the and held in Leben. And uh, now we, it's like they came to us and now we're joining their program for this one. Also on that program, uh, actually half the program will consist of the the winners of our young artists uh, solo competition. And uh, this is also a wonderful opportunity for uh, for them to play. A wonderful opportunity for the public uh, to to hear. The, the, these young and talented individuals, uh, and they're going to play. There's two that play the violin. One is playing, um, I think, Bruch Number One, uh, the, the first movement. Another one is playing La Luz en Español. And on the piano, we, we're going to have a Rhapsody in Blue. Yeah. And and one thing I would add to that, Alain, is that there's this idea that the uh, Philharmonic uh, Orchestra is the one who played with us at the Peristyle on that Heldenleben mm-hmm. concert. But for this performance, the Toledo Symphony musicians will be performing with all three of the younger colleague orchestras. Absolutely. And uh, it, that, that's very true, Zach. And we, we had the symphonic and the philharmonic, but one of the very special ones that I discovered this year was the concert strings. I walked in the rehearsal because I, I went to see them a few times and I walked in this rehearsal and there's about I don't know, 80 to 100 little string players. They're not all little, but anyway. And they're, <laughs> they're younger. <laughs> well, you know, it's difficult to be like if you're very little to play the double bass. So. Yeah. <laughs> Never had that problem myself. I, just, uh, I still have that I was wonderful. It was great. And, and also, they're so well coached and taught and conducted. I mean... For me, I'm gonna, I'm walking in. I'm I'm doing a little something with them. I mean, it's a big thing because all the the musicians and I are like I said, we're joining them. So once they come to us, and the other time we play with them, their repertoire and what they 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 have planned on that day. That's great. So that's happening Sunday at four o'clock at the Paris style. Uh, oh, now yeah. the concert we really want to talk about is happening on Saturday. Let me pull up a little uh, music here. Sort of get us in the mood. This is a, a jazz concert. You yeah. are appearing, Alain, with Gene Denovi. Tell us all about it. Well, Gene is a very uh, incredible musician, very dear friend. And he, he was actually one of the original bebop pianists uh, in the 1450s on the, on the New York uh, 42nd Street. So, wow. uh, I know, yeah, he's 90 years young. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and he's playing. And I know, really, it's incredible. When we when we rehearse together, when we play together, uh, sometimes I go to his place in Toronto, and <clears throat> I we play, and we're, after like three hours, I'm the one, I feel bad, I'm the one saying, Gene, you think you can take a little break? Or, oh, sure, whatever. <laughs> and, 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 you know, he basically says, like, 
you want me to fix your sandwich or something? I said, no, it's okay, relax. He said, well, you take a break. I'll just, I have to work on something. Keep playing. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Well, when you're 90 years old, you can, people will make you a sandwich, okay? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But it's it's really, really a special thing to have him with us. Uh, I've been wanting to do this. This is one of the shows I wanted to do so dearly from the first day I was named in this job because uh well first of all i love playing the trombone i don't do it as often as i used to but uh i, I love playing and also my background i not my, just my background but both my parents were jazz musicians so that was my my first love was uh, jazz music and uh and gene is i for me it's very important to have as many people listen to to his way of playing the way he, he plays and that's that's very very important because music is an oral tradition, and that's that the way you really hear it, the really the way to learn about it, the way to know how the great ones played is to have uh, you know how, how do you say like um, the degrees of separation? You know, people say you have six degrees of yeah. separation. Well, it's like no degrees of separation because he's the guy. Wow. He, Playing it for you, he played with Benny Goodman, played with Duke Ellington. Wow. Actually, when Billy Strayhorn uh, passed away, uh, Duke Ellington offered Gene to be the composer of the Ellington band. Imagine. Wow. Wow. And, and b- back then, uh, Gene was working a lot with uh, famous singers uh, and was also having his own television show. So, of course, he couldn't take that job. But uh, just, it just shows the magnitude of uh, his art. Have you two performed together before on stage? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, many times. We've, we've done um, sh- the, 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 the piece that he wrote for me for orchestra. He wrote a piece for me that's called Symphonic Settings of the Great, you know, Big Band Leaders because it so happens that, you know, trombone players uh, more more times than, than none is that become leaders of their band. I, I think it's because we play, uh, we're used to play the music that's, uh, how could I say the inside the music? So we play a lot of the harmonies. We play a lot of uh, things that are not necessarily the principal line, but we get to know very well how the in- the inside workings of an orchestra or of a big band. And you know, like Tommy Dorsey, like mm-hmm. of course uh, Glenn, Glenn Miller. Miller. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all trombone players. Oh, and, really? uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I know it's kind of something that everybody knows, but still, uh, but they they were amazing musicians. And uh, Gene, having uh, played with, with, with them, played with Benny Goodman also, he, he thought, what about we write a little tribute to the big band leaders uh, in the form of doing a, a medley of pieces that, that everybody knows. You know, the, his medley starts with uh, Getting Sentimental Over You, goes to Moonlight Serenade, goes to Caravan, uh, goes to Stardust. And, and it also has pieces like Bijou that people know a little bit less. So we've played that medley a few times with orchestra, but uh, mainly we've played a duet concert, like uh, just piano and trombone, kind of a, a, you know, an American songbook, like, you know, just sit on the stool and you sit on the piano and we just play. We played in New York, we played in a bunch of other places, but uh, it's really something special because you basically have the history of jazz in front of you on stage. Yeah. And 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 he goes through the repertoire, goes through the tunes. And when you play a tune with him, he knows the entire tune, all the words, and he knows also the intro. And he knows the little particular thing that every singer used to do. So when he basically 
I say we play together, but I think it teaches me. It's mm. more that. Oh. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the two of you are very comfortable on stage together. Do you know what you're going to play ahead of time, or do you sort of work it out in, in real time? Well, uh, when we played just the two of us, we just, yeah, we kind of, you know, we have enough pieces that we've played together in the repertoire. And, uh, like, you know, American Songbook is like endless, <laughs> it's an endless source of repertoire. But uh, with orchestra, you probably are, have to. To we, yeah, what a, nah, they can follow <laughs> along. <laughs> Just say, you know, give me Everything's twelve bar blues. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. So when you're <laughs> no with orchestra, you have to do a real set list, and people have to know because there's another seventy people behind you. <laughs> right. So Surprise. Snap your fingers and say, try to keep up. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, but we're going to do things um, with the orchestra. Do things as duet. He's going to play uh, also uh, some solos. But uh, and the, I play with the bass and with the combo. But it's a mixture of everything. I I don't think just playing all the tunes with the orchestra is necessarily so. Um, you know, it becomes one dimensional and and that mm-hmm. kind of show and that kind of pop show. So it's nice to have variety. And the orchestra will play by itself also uh, a few medleys and uh, that, and you know everybody's favorite. So it's going to be a show that talks about swing, the swing era. It's going to go all the way to the Bob era. But uh, mainly big band stuff that people know and love. So, Alain, there's there's a question I have for you, which is um, our audiences probably are accustomed to seeing um, your back and your shoulders. Uh, they aren't <laughs> used to you turning around and playing the trombone. So I know I have to shave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your back or your shoulders? Let's continue. <laughs> so, is this? typical for conductors to keep up an instrument to do concerts like this uh, how would how do you how do you gauge this versus your peer group well i i would say it's more um uh usual for pianists you know because mm-hmm. you, you you have to keep in shape somewhat but you don't like lose your quote-unquote chops you know mm-hmm. so for brass it's very difficult because uh, you know i wind up and i'm conducting i'm finishing an opera run and i when I come home, I'm tired, but I still have to do like another 20 minutes, half hour, just to make sure that, you know, things work. And I do a little bit during the day. The and I, in the morning, I bring Bebe to, uh, to daycare, uh, and then I play a little bit, and I go and get her. And she, she knows all about the trombone. I mean, all my kids know about the trombone very <laughs> well. So, and, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's just um, uh, you have to be very dedicated. I don't know how many years I'm going to keep it up because it's, uh, it's quite demanding. And uh, when we arrive, in, uh, and people in the business know that when you do February, March, uh, February, March, April, May, they're very demanding months mm-hmm. because uh, the season approach, the end of the season approaches, and you, there's a lot of concert, a lot of different productions, and you just want to make sure that you keep your chops uh, alive, you know, during that time. And for me, it's, uh, it's quite, uh, quite demanding. Also, if you're ever interested, I'm playing a new, a new horn on, the, on that show. That's oh. never been played in concert. Yeah. Oh, really? What's the horn? Yeah. Well, what what I did, I, once I, I was walking down the street, uh, I think it was in Toronto, I'm not sure. But anyway, there was, a, how do you say, um, a place where they sell all kinds of... Uh, a pawn shop? No, 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 not a pawn shop. <laughs> uh, a place where you, you can buy, no, no, a place where you can buy antiques and... Uh, An antique and, you know, store. Like, uh, so, so anyway, I saw a slide coming out of a pot somewhere and and that's time i said hey you have a trouble slide there so yeah i think i have the rest of it somewhere 
So it, it, the guy went to get it and put it together, and it wasn't one. It was exactly one of those um, chromos that was used by uh, not, not, not by that person, but the, the same model that was used like by Tommy Dorsey mm. all the way to um, Glenn Miller. And I, I played it. It sounded great. I mean, it was difficult to play a little bit because it was a little bit out of, out of shape the instrument. Yeah. But I thought this is wonderful, and I. I thought if I had a trombone that actually worked very well in that kind of style, I would play it on on the jazz show. And I talked to my the people in Yamaha, and they just made me one. They took the specs and they they totally made one that's uh, kind of uh, in the same uh, style as those trombones from uh, you know nineteen twenty nineteen thirty. That's amazing. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah, it, it's quite small actually. The 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 co- compared to what I play regularly, it's it's, it's very nice. It's a very sweet sound. It's it's very it sings a lot, uh, and uh, now I'm, I'm very excited to play it. Actually, that's are, are you using a Trudel mouthpiece? Uh, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think by definition, any mouthpiece that he uses is a Trudel oh, mouthpiece, yeah. right? Yeah. But you mentioned Yamaha, he so does, I'm thinking like the the specially yeah. branded sure. one, right? <laughs> it, it, it's just something they did at some point. I mean. I don't want to brag about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, I do want you to brag about yourself because I think it would be helpful for some of our listeners to realize you know, a little bit more about your solo career uh, in that uh, you know you, you have been performing trombone uh, with other orchestras and uh, mm-hmm. you've recorded many uh, wonderful CDs. Um, you know, t- tell us a little bit about what you've been up to lately. Oh, uh, well, on trombone, not, not as much as I, I used to, of course, because of my, my many, you know, yeah, well, maybe day job. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to tell you that this whole our our how could I say our story that we're writing together. I mean, Toledo Symphony already mm-hmm. has their own story, but the story, the part of the story we're writing together, is very exciting to me, and it's very uh, I don't know, it, it touches my heart a lot because uh, I felt welcome and accepted by my my colleagues, but by the community also. So it's, uh, no, it's very special. I'm discovering, as I told you before, I, I didn't work in the U.S. all that much. I worked in Europe a lot, and I worked in Asia a lot, and of course in Canada. But discovering the, the Midwest and the mentality of the Midwest is, is wonderful. Hmm. Uh, it's, yeah, the real people are real, and musicians are, are the same way. I mean, so when they play, there's a kind of uh, um, honesty that comes out, and it's really amazing. Anyway. So, yeah, for me on trombone, well, I, I did a big tour last summer. I played in uh, Amsterdam and Berlin, and I played in Rostock and a bunch of other places, uh, recitals, and, of course, teaching at the big schools like uh, uh, the Conservatory in Amsterdam, and, uh, you know, just going around and playing. But in the past, I've played a lot uh, around the world, and I have recordings in Vienna uh, with the Radio Symphony. I've premiered a lot of works. Uh, in the uh, Philharmonic de Radio France uh, and a lot of it in Asia I mean, and not just because of the Yamaha connections but uh, uh, just, just because I guess you know people like my playing so I, I wind up going going around and playing a bunch of places so it's like in another life a little bit now because uh, there's I've, been, I've done so much conducting since then but I have to say that when I play the trombone when I play an instrument for, for an extended period of time, I'm a better conductor. So hmm. that's one point that's very important because you keep you always have a sense of reality that you actually have to produce a tone. And it's not... Because it, uh, if you don't, if you spend a lot of time not playing whatever instrument the conductor plays, uh, but you have to play your instrument uh, to a level that's uh, 
satisfactory enough to play in concert. Not, not just keep in shape. But uh, so, so they have a bit of pressure that you have to go on stage and perform yourself. Then when you uh, when you ask things from uh, from your colleagues in the orchestra, of course it's musical. Of course it has the the, the, the great idea and arc of the music that you're playing. But it's also practical enough that uh, they don't need so much information to to be able to do what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That's important, yeah. So anyway, so for me, that's uh, it's important, the, the love of the instrument, of course. Just making a sound. I mean, whatever instrument you play, the joy of, of having a nice sound coming out. That's really nice. I mean, I I know it sounds simple, but uh, it's not. <laughs> well, some sounds are nicer than others. I mean, if I picked up that trombone, there it wouldn't be as nice of a sound. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think you're also too humble yeah. of a person to say this, but I think when we we got you as music director of the TSO, all of the low brass friends that I had were geeking out over it because yeah. you're one of the top trombone players in the entire world. I mean, and then I think I saw a photo of you with Joel Lessie and I, my jaw just dropped <laughs> because yeah. those are, you know, you two are the best in the world. And that's what we have here in Toledo. Oh, my God. Joe is amazing. He's Joe jo Lessie is principal trombone player of New York Philharmonic. And uh, we're, we're going to have him at some point. Uh, people in Toledo have to... I've come to a concert with Joe. I mean, and maybe we play together. That would be fun also. Didn't yeah. you guys do a, a uh, dual concerto this year? Huh? A big pardon? Didn't you do a dual concerto with Joe this yes. year? Yeah, we played the, the Yohan de May, who's the guy who wrote the, the, this piece for band that's... Uh, yeah, Lord of so the Rings. Famous, uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a really good piece. <laughs> piece. It's an amazing piece. It's been played hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of times around the world. And Yohan is, is also a good friend of mine. And uh, and Joe, so we we all said, oh well, let's play together. I I had a little um, space in my schedule, and also <laughs> a few minutes, <laughs> a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of time in my basement the studio <laughs> practicing. Because when you're gonna play with the principal trombone New York Phil or or Amsterdam Concertgebouw, you have to make sure that you 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 can you go and shed a little bit and, and practice yeah. at least uh, you know a week or two before. <laughs> yeah. So who won? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who won the it's concerto? Not PD, it's not a PDQ back thing. It's okay. <laughs> Speaking of PDQ back, let, let's pivot and talk about the other thing that we were going to talk about during the uh, the program today, and that is about uh, musical misconceptions. We were trying to come up with things that we should talk about, and and this is something that's important because there are a lot of people out there, even folks who listen to this podcast, I think, that ha hold certain stereotypes about classical music. And while we have you on the phone, Alain, I thought it would be fun mm -hmm. for us to sort of play a little wheel, of, a little roulette wheel of myth oh, conceptions, myth right? Conceptions. See you what I did there? That, didn't you? <laughs> Classical myths, right? Music myths. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Misconceptions. <laughs> yeah, myth conceptions. So we're going to spin the roulette wheel. And in my high tech version here, I've got the little slips of paper in my uh, hand. And uh, here, Zach, why don't you take one out of there? See what you got. Here is uh, myth conception number one. This is a good one. Okay. Classical music is old, stuffy, and boring. What, what do you think about that, Elaine? Do you agree? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends how it's played, actually. <laughs> it's just the players are old, depends. stuffy, and boring. That would be the answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 but seriously, I mean, it, it depends. If you, if you play it like, uh, you know... It's it's not a museum. I mean, I I love museums, of course, and I, I and we also play at the museum, which is the, the most wonderful place. 
But, you know, if you look at something that is, uh, how could I say, not stuck in time, but it's from a period and it's just that, um, and you can admire it for what it is, but music is not that kind of art form. It's something that, it's amazing. It's, it was written at a certain time, but it keeps on living. Beethoven Fifth, Beethoven whatever, Mahler, they keep on living. So if, if you're trying to be too, uh, how could I say, correct and... Uh, and, and uh, y- you know, you wind up sometimes having an interpretation that has no interpretation, you know. So you, you want to make sure that you respect what you're doing, the, 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 the composer, but, you know, you bring some life into it. We have a, the incredible luck of making the art live every time we play. So if we keep that in mind, yes, but uh, I, I don't know. We, we, it's kind of a, it was an uphill battle for, for many years. Not much better since the last 10, 15 years because we've showed you know, we, we've uh, arrived with the times, if I can say. You know, Zach says that sometimes. That, you know, you go to a country, you see people uh, dress up like, uh, or place on stage like uh, 150 years ago. So people don't relate sometimes. So yeah. to, to relate, you need to have something that's more, you know, from our time. I'm not saying to dumb down the music. I'm not saying to change the way we play, but I'm saying it has to be alive, very much alive. So if it's that way, absolutely not. <laughs> And if they don't pay attention, yeah, maybe. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah, maybe it is. I would just add one thing to that. Good answer. Is uh, it, it, people think it's it's um, stuffy because they think it's boring and it's not relevant to them, and I, this gets to an education gap that I think uh, people fear that in order to appreciate a concert, they have to know exactly um, what they're listening to and why it's important and. I think we as a society haven't necessarily kept up with, with that dialogue. I think programs like this help a lot uh, to explain uh, key points or, or relevant relevant items. So, um, you know, our, our hope is that we provide enough access points into the performance, whether, whether it's through the screens or through the podcast or through our program notes, that people can engage and, and um, not feel like they have to have a, a doctorate in music in order to uh, to appreciate it. Yeah, I think you just knocked out two or three other uh, <laughs> misconceptions that we have here. Let's, I'll just let's, leave uh, now. Yeah, no, that's good. Here, Felicia, you so grab one. For you. Yeah, right. <laughs> what do you got? Maybe Zach already answered this. <laughs> <laughs> Classical music isn't relevant anymore. Oh. Well, of course it's relevant. Or it can be relevant. What do you think, Zach? Well, okay, so... Hang on, let me get you a little music here. So you take that guy, you take Beethoven, right? Yeah. So Beethoven is very relevant. Here's a guy who was composing um, over 100 years ago, but that is music can still speak to us in many ways. You know, think about it. When we have great moments of, of national triumph or tragedy, we'll often reach back into the pockets of history and, and play music that's been part of us for so long. So I think it is. Hang on, very, I want to write relevant. that down. Say it again. You have to play it back. <laughs> that I can, was good. <laughs> But uh, you know, I think it, it, you know, it's it's very much part of our foundation as an art form, and uh, certainly it evolves. You know, we still have composers who are writing music for orchestra right now, and I think Alain, you're doing a wonderful job of, of programming a lot of wonderful 20th century music, as well as composers who might have been overlooked. And as we look into the 21st century, uh, with some of our commissions and some of the items you'll be performing next year, uh, Jennifer Higdon, for example, there's a, there's so much music that uh, is yet to be explored. And there's yeah. so much that people, they might just be unaware that classical music is really all around them because, you know, well, the easiest connection is 
the movie film scores, like John Williams film scores, for instance, will have the lush orchestra background. And that's, I mean, that's that's what we do, too, you know. Um, And for me, I see a growing, a new generation of kids who are, you know, engaging in orchestra programs, band programs, and it's so, so still relevant to them. It's just, I think, if you don't engage in one of those programs or play an instrument or, or sing in a choir, it's something that you just have to, uh, you know, try a little bit harder to get yeah get into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, the gateway is not quite as wide open to you yeah. as for other folks. But it's all around. But it is everywhere, and we don't necessarily notice it at all. It's it's completely throughout even commercial media oh, as yeah. well. You hear classical music, classical styled music all the time. I mean, that's our mm-hmm. heritage. That, that's where you know all music ultimately comes from. Um, let me get another little spin here. Uh, let's see. What have I got? Nah, we'll skip that one. Let's get another one. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, this is this is one to you, Alan. Okay. Okay. Conductors, conductors are all powerful demigods who rule with an iron fist. What do you think of that? They all boy. <laughs> that one's to you, uh, Alan. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, good question. A hundred years too late, though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, come on. Uh, uh, there was an era, I have to say, where uh, people could get away with that kind of attitude, but that's, the thank God, long past. And when I say thank God, I don't mean my colleagues. But I... I uh, <laughs> 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 but but uh, no, no, but seriously, it's uh, uh, thank God we're not living at that time anymore. I mean, hmm. even when I started off in the orchestra, I was, uh, it was still, you would be so, so scared of the conductor. And you know the I and I played I played in other countries uh, not in America uh, as the principal trombone some orchestra and uh, they, have, they didn't have like kind of any protection for the musicians like the union things like that and uh, <laughs> yeah, people get fired on the fired on the spot and uh, oh my god it's not a way to make music it's not yeah. a way to live and it's sure not a way to make good music so now we're we're done with that we're past now we're colleagues but of course. The thing is that you have to make decisions. It's clear, uh, and the colleagues appreciate somebody who can be decisive because we have, we don't have so much time to put programs together. We don't have like uh, six months to put a program together or even uh, even two weeks, you know. So uh, sometimes decisions have to be made. But uh, and, and now there are some uh, mechanics and orchestras that uh, if it doesn't work out, if somebody's being a, a tyrant or a dictator or whatever you said in your question there, then you can actually uh, get rid of them, which is a good thing. Yeah. yeah. I believe it was demigod. Demigod, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, sorry. <laughs> All well, powerful. Well, in that case. Demigod. <laughs> exactly. I don't know demi, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting, though, because I think about it. If you think of the... Um, the all-powerful maestro. You think think about Toscanini. You think about uh, Herbert von Karajan. Um, you know, now we're talking to a music director who is really excited to be performing on a 1940s era trombone in a jazz concert. Uh, yeah. So look how far we've come. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, that's about all the time that we have. I was hoping we could solve some of the world's problems, like, you know, why are there so many viola jokes and things like that? But we'll, <laughs> we'll have to save that for another, uh, another podcast.
Once again, I want to mention uh, the concert that we talked about, the jazz program that's happening at the Stranahan Theater this Saturday evening, March 9th at 8 o'clock p.m. Legendary jazz pianist Gene Denovi, along with our own music director, world-class trombonist Alain Trudel. At the Stranahan Theater, you can get your tickets at 419-246-8000 or go online to ToledoSymphony.com. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org slash lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. My thanks to Zach Vasser, Alain Trudel, and Felicia Canny. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab on FM 91.